<laughs> All right. I think, yeah, your your voice sounds pretty good. Are you ready to go? Yeah, Are I'm, you I'm ready. Ready? Hit. Hey, John. John. Hit, hit the music, John. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're not here, John. Fine. I'll do it. I'll hit the music. All right. You want to hit the music, Joel? Yeah, here All we right. go. All right. Here's... Here you go. You hit the music. Okay, here we go. Are you ready for real talk, interesting questions, and true discipleship? Because this is the Wrestling with God podcast. I'm Curious Clark. And I'm Joel. Do you want to be like Joel Erickson? Wait, what's your last name again? My last name is Erickson. Ha! I, got, yeah. I did get it right. Yeah. yeah, we need to come up with that nickname for you, Joel. But anyways, we are not professional theologians or biblical scholars, but we are two ordinary guys who want to learn and grow from an extraordinary Bible. And as you guys know, Johnny Boy is MIA today because he is working swing shift this week because he wants to know what it's like to work swing shift and and whatnot and so have fun with that because swing shift sucks so i'm just gonna say that working from three to 11 o'clock at night or whatever it is is not the funnest thing you know, yeah i've done that I, I did that for about four years four yeah, years yeah i worked for three to eleven so yeah i yeah. did it for a year and a half and i after a while, it just drains on you, for sure. Yeah, I, I guess I got used to it, um, but yeah, it's not it's not ideal. You just you're just like on. You don't feel like you're living in the same world as everybody else because of no. Yeah, you can't do anything after you know in the evenings. Would Would you do third shift? Would I, third shift be better than swing shift? No, I I think third shift would be worse because at least with swing shift you can kind of like do stuff in the morning Mm. before you go to work if like run errands or but you could get off third shift sleep till the afternoon do stuff in the mid-afternoon and then go to work yeah i I think (laughs) i I just don't like the the being up yeah all night working thing i agree yeah yeah. it it jacks with the with the schedule for sure so, Joel, you want to know something great? I felt like a celebrity on, let's see, what, what day was it? It was like, I think it was Monday. I think it was Monday. I felt like a celebrity because my son got uh, an ear infection. And so I went down to the pharmaceutical office in Potlatch and I had my podcast sweatshirt on. And by the way, I don't know when yours is coming because (laughs) Custom Inc. is just not producing sweaters that I purchased right now because of weather. But uh, I went down there and I had my sweatshirt on and as I was uh, going to the cashier, uh, the lady asked about the podcast. I'm like, yeah, it's just me and a couple guys and we do the Bible study. And what's interesting and why I bring this up is because, you know, she could listen to this podcast, right? And think, wow, that guy's a lot different in real life than he is on the podcast because on the podcast, I'm a little bit more energetic. I kind of have to be. Whereas when I was at the store, I really did not want to talk. <laughs> I was just tired and yeah and my son had an ear infection and all that and so if you're listening uh person who i met at the pharmacy in potlatch uh thank you for listening she even wrote down the 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 podcast title for it uh so maybe she finds it maybe she doesn't but 
Yeah, it just felt weird because now I, 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 it kind of felt like a celebrity. It's like, yeah. oh, you know, they, she probably perceived that I wasn't that outgoing and then she would listen to this maybe and then be like, whoa, he's a lot different in there. So, yeah, it's, it, I'm sure, yeah, maybe for her, it's kind of like running into, I mean, like in LA, you know, you, you, you hear about people, you know, they're at the grocery store and they look over and they see somebody yeah. from like a movie star. My mom saw, uh, what's his name? Not Legolas, Aragorn at Walmart in Sandpoint. Oh, wow. Yeah, because he... Right, because they, they all own like uh, ranches and stuff in Idaho and Montana, right? The, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. and so he was just grabbing a bag of chips or something, <laughs> and she saw him. She didn't go over and say hi, but it, it sounds like he was just dressed in kind of just regular human clothes. You know, I guess he didn't like <laughs> to take the medieval clothing on uh, in Sandpoint, Idaho, so, but yeah. Could be, yeah. And I, I don't know a whole lot about the guy, but he's kind of, he's not, he's not like a typical celebrity kind of lifestyle yeah. kind of guy. He's, he's kind of, yeah, he's, that. yeah, he kind of, you don't really see a whole lot of media stuff on him or anything. He's kind of very quiet about it, which I don't blame, blame him, honestly, because it kind of sucked going places and everyone, it's all up in your business. Like, dude, I, I'm just here to grab a bag of chips and, you know, some junk food for movie night. Tonight. I don't <laughs> yeah. want to talk to 50 people and right. get, do autographs. So, yeah, I heard with the uh, whole COVID thing, it was a game changer for the celebrities because they get they can wear masks now in public and no one really recognizes them. Right. So it was yeah. a true is honestly a game changer for the celebrities with the whole mask and not being socially normal now and yeah that i never thought of that but yeah you're right that um yeah when when everybody was expected and may, i don't know i haven't been to california lately but maybe everyone still is wearing oh yeah wearing masks down there but yeah it would uh it would give them a little bit extra yeah disguise yeah for sure other than just the usual hat and sunglasses is what you usually see in put on it yeah yeah uh so you want to let's talk about what kind of tv show are you into right now we talked a little bit about the huddle um but i didn't really hear your response because you were on another table yeah so at, at first i didn't really have one and what, do you the, not watch TV that much? Well, no, I, I I do watch more like streaming stuff, um, but there's not like I couldn't really think of a a show that I was really into in particular because what of course now now all the shows they're like you know like the ep- episodic um, I don't know it, it's just different from what I'm used to. I, I kind of like the self-contained shows where you like watch one and it's its own. It's a, oh. it's a self-contained story in one episode and you yeah. don't, you don't have to watch the entire season to kind of like follow mm. the plot and stuff like that. And, uh, okay. or I mean, I like sitcoms and, and that kind of ended up being what, what I eventually thought of. So the, the, the show that I was into and I still, uh, kind of like it, um, was a show that, I think it's been off. They like ended it like 10 years ago. So it, it's not like mm. a current show, but um, 
Two and a Half Men. It was oh, okay. a, sit- a sitcom, and yeah, I, yeah. I might get kicked off the podcast for admitting uh, that I yeah. that I liked it. And I I only like the Charlie episodes. I don't like because like Charlie Sheen left the show toward the end, and they yeah. replaced him with, with Ashton Kutcher, and yeah. I those it went wait. That was like when I jumped the shark. So I, what what made I, you like that show? Well, I know it's a little bit uh charlie's a little bit of a uh promiscuous is yeah lack so of term so yeah I'm, I'm not endorsing his lifestyle <laughs> his lifestyle at all i uh in fact like the, the first the first time that i saw the show i was just thinking that this is just garbage this is this is filth this yeah. why why is this even on tv but um i i don't know i kind of just had the uh once you get past the garbage in the film <laughs> there, there, there's some there's uh, some real gems in there yeah you know? i mean <laughs> i i'm not saying that there's any role models on the show or that i i guess the the thing that i took away from it um was the the really the not not so much charlie i mean he's the he's the comedy uh part of it but like the i I think there's some elements of truth in there with like the divorced dad. I think it's, um, what's mm. that guy's name? Um, I'm not going to think of it right now, but Alan is like Charlie's brother and, and he's brother in law or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. And he's, uh, got his Jake is his son with him. Um, they're living in, in, uh, their, his brother, Charlie's house kind of freeloading on him after he gets divorced. And so yeah, there, there's there's some redeeming qualities, just kind of like the father son stuff and just the family stuff a little bit. I mean, obviously it's it's not a very conventional or or kind of role model family or anything, but yeah, yeah, I, I just think after you get past the well, I mean, it's the, not that much more different than because I've watched how I'm how I met your mother oh, uh, yeah. twice through and even one of the seasons three times through the first really? season uh-huh. and it's a good show, but it also is a little bit promiscuous and, but it's also got some really funny episodes in it. And so, yeah. Oh, with the, yeah, but that's so, not what, the, what, so two and a half or, uh, how I met your mother. That wasn't the, your, no, the pick that you did. No, was, no, no, okay. no, no, the, well, the the main one at our table was the Survivor, because we found out all of us at that table loved Survivor, and so we just okay. kind of started talking about that and Russell Hans yeah. and uh, and some other Survivor players, and so uh, that's that's what we talked about. But if I had to choose, kind of you know what shows I'm into as of this moment right now that I really like. And, and I, I believe I told John this, I don't know if I told you this, but I really love the shows about weight loss, like 600 pound life, thousand pound sisters, the biggest loser. I love those shows. And really? Partially yeah. because I'm just, uh, what do you call, uh, just an indecent human being because they kind of make me feel a little bit good because I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, I may have some unhealthy qualities about me, but I'm not like that. There's a little bit of pride that comes with it. But also, I do like to see people 
you know, come out of that kind of state of obesity and change their lives too. So, yeah, I don't know. Did you ever, there was actually a, it was probably back like in the mid two thousands called a celebrity fit club. Did you ever see that one? I haven't. Okay. Hmm. They, uh, yeah. So that up now. So I think it was only on for maybe two or three seasons, but it kind of had like washed up kind of like C list celebrities on it that, it kind of, you know, gotten out of shape mm-hmm. after their careers kind of went off track. And so, yeah, it was, it was entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I'll have to look that one up. There's this one that I really liked, but it only went on two seasons and it's called fit to fat to fit. So mm-hmm. it basically be these trainers that are really fit and they're going to train this one person to get fit. But in order to train them, they spend three months getting fat They'll just not work out. They'll eat a bunch of junk food, like 20,000 calories a day or whatever, and they'll try to gain 25% of their body weight. And then once they do that, then they train with their trainee, and then they'll lose weight together. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a cool idea, actually. It's actually really good, and it only went on two seasons, though, so apparently it didn't do that well but i i liked it so yeah so huh did, did they try to like customize like the amount of weight that they put on to kind of like match how much they're something like they're, that i think it was just a standard 25 percent okay. body weight so if so if if a person was 100 pounds that's 25 pounds 200 pounds 50 okay. pounds that sort of thing so right. yeah yeah so all right. You want to get into today's topic of the woman at the well story that we've been kind of going through in the huddle and uh, you kind of, I really want to ask your question. Um, I'll read the text real fast just so people have something, but we're, we're going to, you know, be covering, so to speak, uh, John four twenty seven through 31. And so it says, just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, what are you, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Now, I won't really explain all of what I said in the in the teaching I did on the huddle because we have an episode of that in, in the podcast. But I'm curious, what was your thought on the teaching that I did? I mean... Because when I got done with it, I'll just be straight up with you. And when I got done with explaining the questions or whatnot, I just felt really awkward about everything because it was just dead quiet. And maybe, and usually that's how it is. Yeah, but I think it's pretty usual. It's pretty usual, but if that one even more so for some reason because I was talking about evangelism and I kind of gave you know, my views on it. And, uh, and I don't, you know, the questions I don't think were the best because maybe, maybe some of the people have never really done evangelism. And so they didn't have anything to really 
extrapolate to with the the questions but i don't know how what what was your consensus on on the whole thing and what is your table what was some of your tables take away because i just felt i don't know i just (laughs) that makes sense yeah yeah I, i i totally understand because yeah it was i you know just full disclosure, you know, I've, I've gone with you a few times to, uh, to yeah. do evangelism. Um, and so I, I kind of started out at our table kind of talking about that and my experience, but yeah, the, so there were probably, I, I guess there was like five guys yeah. at our table and at least, at least three of us had done, you know, some kind of public, you know, street evangelism type of right. thing. And, and then, there were, and we, I guess we kind of had similar takes on it. And, but then there were a couple of people that had more of, uh, th- their take seemed to be more like, you know, I, I, I'm not equipped for that. I, I don't, right. I wouldn't feel, I wouldn't feel called to do that. And I would be much more likely to, you know, have conversations you know, in the workplace with somebody I work with or mm-hmm. maybe with a friend, you know, kind of that relationship evangelism kind of a thing. And, and, yeah. and so, yeah, it was, it was kind of split where, hmm. um, yeah, it, that's interesting. Had different, different takes on it. Yeah. Well, and I, the whole point of it was I wasn't trying to say, Hey, go out on the streets and go witness right now, or don't become friends with somebody and witness. I, I wasn't trying to say that, but the, the whole point of it was, I think sometimes in Christianity, when we're getting into these communities of believers, I think we can really just box ourselves in with this community, but not like, do any outreach mm-hmm. and and i honestly th- this is just my take on it i honestly wonder if sometimes we use the excuse of maybe either friendship evangelism or i'm going to show the gospel through my works as an excuse of well i'm just not equipped or i i don't want to say anything to disrupt anyone's way of living i'm just going to live and if they ask me you know, maybe I'll, I'll share or whatnot. And so that's kind of the problem I had with the, the word of, you know, uh, you know, all the time share the gospel, but when necessary use words. And I think some people we like to, you know, I know for myself, uh, I'd be like, well, you know, I'll just do that. And just, you know, hopefully I'll kind of, get into a gospel conversation when the time comes, but hardly ever that time really comes. You kind of have to, because we live in such a culture where it's taboo to talk about spiritual things with people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I was thinking about that a lot too, that, you know, there, there have been times where I've wanted to do like relationship evangelism and, and try to figure out like, you know, how, oh, how can I share my faith with my coworker or yeah. something like that? And, um, or, you know, a, a neighbor or, a mm-hmm. you know, even family member. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so yeah, I, I was thinking that it's even in certain cases, it's almost 
it's almost like less intimidating to walk up to a stranger and and talk oh, yeah. about Jesus than it is to somebody that you know oh, yeah. for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because the thing is, is with relationship evangelism, you could say a truthful thing to somebody, maybe, you know, about their sin, you know, like with what Ray Comfort does or whatnot. And if they reject that or they get pissed off, then then, you know, you felt like there's a divide in the relationship now. If someone says, yeah, I don't really care what you think on the street. Well, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, cool. I, you know, I, at least, at least, you know, now what the gospel is and like the one I witnessed to Bethany's brother, my brother-in-law, what was it? A year year and a half or so ago when we were getting ready to sell the trailer and fixing up stuff. And I remember witnessing to him. I said, dude, I'm really afraid right now to like witness to you. Uh, so I'm just going to do it because the, the, the way he is, there's really no time. He, he's very quiet dude. Hmm. And so there's no way to talk though. He has had conversation with Bethany about stuff when she reads her Bible in the morning and he'll ask her some questions. That's cool. Um, but for the most part, he's not, he, I mean, he's not going to bring anything up unless there's a Bible out and then, or you just, you know, straight up ask him stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. But yeah. you know what is cool is I was still truthful with the gospel, still did the gospel presentation just like with what Ray Comfort does with the law and grace. Um, and guess what? We're still awesome brother-in-laws, even mm-hmm. though he doesn't believe. I mean, right. so, uh, you know, as long as you do it lovingly and you do it respectively and you're not like, you know, you sinner, you're going to hell. And, and yeah, I mean, no, no one's going to really respond to that, but right. Yeah. Yeah. That is, yeah. I, I, I've had like the, the example that came to my mind or in terms of like a family member was, uh, my, uh, I, my stepdad who he, he, it was kind of, it was kind of an intimidating thing to, 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 think about and I, unfortunately I, I never actually got enough um never got the courage to, to actually uh, witness to him but mm-hmm. he he uh and unfortunately he passed away um a mm-hmm. couple of years ago but yeah he he was always really anytime like religion or you know churches or any anything like that he he had a lot of hostility about yeah. that kind of stuff and and so yeah it's 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 unfortunate um it's hard with yeah. some people because yeah. they're just so hostile to it. Right. And, you know, I, I think the Bi- there's room for in the Bible where you can just shake the dust off your feet with some people. Right. Like, we don't have to keep trying. I mean, with the person that came up to Jesus, the rich young ruler, and he's like, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus says, go sell all that you have and uh, come follow me. And he went away sad. You know, Jesus didn't go back to him and be like, oh, you know what? You know, I mean, he said, follow him. And he didn't. And Jesus just kept going and he's going to proclaim the gospel and tell people to follow him who will have an ear to hear to listen to it. Yeah. It's not going to force your hand in it. Right. Yeah. And, um, 
yeah, that's a, that's a good thing. And or that's a good point that you make. And yeah, I, I so yeah, that, that just kind of gets back to the, and I've had like similar, like, uh, instances where I've, what wasn't really, I, th- I think I was like still in, in school or something like that. And I had like conversations with, you know, like classmates and stuff like that, where I, I don't know that I was really evangelizing, but we were like discussing like mm. God and hell and, and stuff like that. And, um, it, I mean, I don't think any of them, and again, they weren't like, you know, close friends or any, anything like that. So it, it, I don't feel like I was worried about offending them or anything, but, right. um, it was just, and I, and really, I mean, it wasn't, um, it didn't like create really any awkward, like after effects or anything, because <laughs> it, they, the conversations that we had just kind of naturally came up. So I don't know, may, maybe now I'm, I'm making a case for a relationship yeah. evangelism because there, there are certain times where you just mm-hmm. find yourself at, you know, at work or school or whatever. And you're, and the oh, conversation yeah. arises and you start the, it, yeah. the conversation moves to, you know, things about God and eternity and, and heaven yeah. and hell and stuff. And so, yeah, there, there are things definitely that, um, just sort of uh, situations or opportunities that prevent, present themselves that way. So, right. Yeah. And you know, with work in school, it's a little di- different because you're seeing these people every day right? Um, on the streets when you're doing it. I mean, you, I, I, we've done it several times. I don't think I've re-met the same one person. Well, I may have, uh, well, actually I have, but it's very small. I've witnessed to hundreds of people and there's probably a handful that, I bumped into again and that's in a small town, Moscow, Idaho. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so (laughs) it's a little bit different on the streets than when you're at work or at school uh, and with family members for sure. I, I, you know, I'm not going to argue that. Um, But, but at a certain point with the gospel, there needs to be words because that's how, you know, people get saved through, hearing you know Mm -hmm. faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of christ and so yeah people need to hear the gospel in order to get saved uh what what do you think motivates you to share the gospel i mean what's you know because some people play into the fear factor of okay i need to go out there because you know if i don't i'm disobeying god or if i don't people can be separated from God and hell for eternity. Like, like what's your motivation for witnessing Joel? So my, my motivation is it, it's kind of a, a little bit of selfish, I guess, or <laughs> always selfish. It, it may, I should probably be more, more, uh, I, my heart should probably be more for the lost and, and, yeah. and, I, and it is to, but, um, really what, what kind of spurred me to, to even do it at all. Um, it was just kind of, you, you kind of touched on it earlier a little bit when you were talking about, you know, being in kind of like a church community and, and all your friends are kind of like part of the, you know, they're all Christian and, and you're, you mostly socialize with 
other people who are Christian. And, and so you, you kind of get a little bit insulated and you don't yeah. necessarily ever have to, not that you you never, never, but you you don't have as many opportunities to really speak out your, your, what you believe in. Mm -hmm. Or if, when you do, it's with people who agree with you and, or have similar beliefs as you. And, and so you, for me, it was kind of like, do I want to just kind of look inward all the time and, and just, you know, make myself, you know, I want to, you know, obviously I want to be in, in scripture and understand it as, as well as I can. And then, and the, you know, I'm not saying right. that there's anything wrong with that, but there's, it's like, how does, how do I have any kind of like outward mm. application of it? Like, yeah. And, and for me, it was kind of like almost a, a test at, or not kind of a test that, you know, okay, I know, I know this stuff, or I think I know what I think I know. <laughs> and do I know it well enough to actually talk to somebody about it? Who's not, right. who, do, who doesn't have that background or, or has a different background or a different belief mm-hmm. about things. And can I, can I make, can I just speak out the gospel? And yeah, um, yeah, it was, it was just kind of a thing where, it was, it was when, um, you know, you had a, uh, a it was a kind of actually a small group kind of a, a thing. And, and I yeah. was, I was just like, Hmm, can I, do I want to do another, like kind of like book study, you know, somebody wrote about, you know, how to, you know, understand the, I'm, and I'm, I'm not how saying books, interpret the Bible, right? Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like how let's look at, you know, the, I don't, I, I'm yeah. just, this is just a random example and I'm not saying it's bad, but just, do I really want to dig into, you know, let's, let's study the book of Philippians and make sure I really get it the most out of the, the book of mm-hmm. Philippians as I possibly can, or maybe I should try something else, you know, that, that is instead of trying to have better understanding and I'm not saying it's bad to have better understanding. It's just maybe I should try to take what I, what I have or what I think I have and, yeah. and try to try to take it out into the real world kind of a right. thing a little bit. And, and um, yeah, so that, that was, that was kind of my, my motivation and kind of, kind of still is. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes we become theologically fat, but we're not, but when it comes to, actually presenting it to people that don't know it we're not very good at it and so the only way to get good at it is to be able is just to keep doing it over and over i guess what i'm not really great at this podcast thing i'm not the best speaker or the best communicator but by golly uh, i've i've had no training at all and people who are listening to this are like yeah we we know we know we listen to really good professional podcasts and radio shows and you definitely don't have it i know i get it but so what i'm gonna try and do this because and that's the thing is with skill it it's something that you have to work out and eventually over time you get better as you keep doing it you don't just go to the piano and be like, 
Yeah, tomorrow I'm going to become Beethoven. (laughs) That doesn't happen. I mean, you're not going to go there and become Beethoven. You're going to learn the steps. You're going to make a lot of mistakes before you make a lot of success. And that's the same with evangelism. You're not going to be good at it at first. Heck, you may be five years down on it and you may not be good at it. But that's not the point. The point is that we be faithful and despite our flaws and maybe some of the way we say things, um, you know, God's faithful in it and he's the one that does the growing, but I'm just, you know, it's just so funny. People are like, well, I'm not equipped to do that. Well, there's a lot of things you weren't equipped at (laughs) when you went and did something and you, you did it anyway. It's yeah. like your job, right? You know what? I don't know even know exactly what you do, but you had to learn how to do that job. And when you first did it, you probably weren't the, as good as you are now with it. Right. Same with my job. I, I had no diddly squat, um, but I'm a lot better now than I used to be. I'm still learning how to do it. So I think as humans, sometimes we get, and I know I'm on a soapbox and I, I'm really trying to not be like preach preachy, but that's honestly just kind of my personality a little bit, but I'm trying to be a little bit better about it. Cause I know that, you know, it is hard. Um, but it, it's just something that you have to be like, you know what? I know I'm not going to be good at, it. I know I'm going to suck at it in fact, but <laughs> Guess what? I'm going to start small. I'm just going to say, hi, how are you? Here's a gospel track. Or, you know, have you gotten one of these, how we present it? Or, you know, or, you know, what do you, do you believe in God? Like, just ask your coworker or ask a friend. I mean, just, and they may say something that you totally disagree with. That's okay. I mean, I mean, Jesus with the woman at the well, she said a lot of stuff that probably Jesus disagreed with. Nicodemus said a lot of stuff that, Jesus disagreed with, but he still talked to her. Now I'm not. And now, granted, we're not Jesus in this scenario, but right. you kind of, you kind of get. Yeah, get we're it. we're the woman going back to the town, <laughs> going, you know, see the the man that told me everything I ever did. Right. Yeah. You know. So I do want to bring up this portion because I think one of the most dangerous doctrines in. And it's not even a biblical doctrine. It's a heretical doctrine. Uh, but one of the most dangerous kind of um, ideologies out there in our day, I believe, is postmodernism and universalism. This idea that everyone is worshiping you know, God or everyone has their own truth inside them. You know, we, we worship God. Muslims worship God. Buddhists, they worship God. It's just, it looks a little bit different, but we all worship them. And I think universalism plays a big role into evangelism because think about it. If you, and if you believe that everyone's saved and if you believe that um, everyone's going to be with God in the end. What, what's the point of evangelism at that point? Right. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm curious, like, what are your thoughts on universalism? I mean, yeah, I've definitely run into in, you know, I, I can think of some of the times that, that, that I've been talking to people that, yeah. you know, they, 
there's been people that will say, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I, you know, be the best person I can be. And, and, uh, I, I'm, I'm struggling to like, remember the the exact, you know, approaches they took, but Mm -hmm. yeah, they, there were a lot of people that I just kind of thought, you know, we're, everybody's got their own beliefs and, you know, you just kind of, you know, you got to find your inner truth in yourself and you follow the, like the, you get in, I I can't remember. You get in touch with the universe and then you're, you're good somehow. I, I, but yeah, it's, um, it's definitely something that you, that you run into talking with people where they, Mm -hmm. they just say, you know, the, the, the different approaches, like you were saying, you know, whether it's Islam or, or, you know, Buddhism or, or whatever, it's, it's all kind of the, or Hinduism, whatever you want to pick. It's, they're all kind of like paths to the same right place along with, you know, kind of Judaism or Christianity or whatever. And, and so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, Kind of like I, I, I think he, he, from what I remember and, and have and have encountered it, it's even kind of like the, the ideas that these people have is that the religions are just kind of like it's not that they're all equal. Well, it's not that they're all equally valid. It in, in some in some ways, it's like well, they're they're like all they're all failed attempts at finding like the yeah. the actual universal well, truth it's kind of like that elephant analogy you know one person grabs a hold of the trunk another the leg another the tail one says it's a snake one says it's a tree one says it's whatever and that's how all religions are yeah. and, the, and the and the problem with that is the person that says that is claiming to be enlightened to see, whereas all the other ones were blind. So even that falls on its head because you have someone say, I know the truth, but everyone else thinks that they're worshiping this God and this God and this God. But in actuality, they're all worshiping the same God, just they think it's something different. But that person is claiming to see while saying that, all of us on earth are blind right? and it just falls flat on its head when you really think of it like, like that. Yeah. It, it doesn't. Yeah. It, it's just, yeah. It, what, what they've really done is instead of, you know, Oh, I, I've like, I've solved it all. You know, I've, I've, I've been able to see beyond the, you know, any of the traditional religious beliefs. And I, I somehow have, have discovered the, the truth of the universe, but Really, they they've just constructed their own all, yeah. all, also, you know, also ran kind of approach to, mm-hmm. yeah, their little universal truth thing is is just one more blind, yeah, blind man's perspective, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I but I'm gonna so because I was thinking about this today is I want to be really respectful for people who do struggle with this concept of universalism because. Um, I do think to a certain degree, I can understand where people who are universalism, who are universalists come from, because, you know, I, like, if you think about universalism, you know, everyone gets to God, 
Um, doesn't matter what you believe or what you think or what you do on this earth, um, you're saved anyways. And that, that is really compelling because, uh, for, for one, um, we don't have to do anything too. Uh, I don't have to think about the consequences of my sin. Uh, and really, I think the other reason why it's so compelling is because I've known people who have heard about the doctrine of hell that we will be eternally separated from God um, if we don't place our faith in Jesus. And people have a hard time with that and they particularly there was this one time in Chi Alpha where we were in a a small group at a Bible study and this guy was reading through the gospels and in the gospels it talks a lot Jesus does talk a lot about hell and he just could not imagine that God would save him but not his mother or father or sisters or brothers and he just, and he, I'm not even joking with you, Joel. He literally said, I would rather be in hell with my family than to be in heaven with God without my family. And that night he can deconstruct his faith and he left the faith because he could not get on board with the God who um, did that. And so I can see where with you know, this whole universalism idea is very eye appealing. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. I do wish universalism was true. And I don't think I'm far off in saying that because I do think at the root of God's heart is that he wants all people to come to repentance, that he doesn't delight in the death of the wicked. Mm -hmm. Um, We see that. In scripture, I mean, he came to seek and save that which is lost. Um, he doesn't want people to go there, but he's also a just God. And so how do we yeah. balance those two? Right. And, and so where was I going with this? And so, man, dude, uh, I, to, I totally lost no, it, Joel. I yeah, lost it. No, I, I was, was doing so great, Joel. <laughs> yeah. And I just lost it. But, I I could just see where they're coming from. Oh, I was going to say, you know, because at the heart, uh, you know, I I do think God's heart is that he wants everyone saved. Now, the the problem is that we have our own wills and we uh, have a choice to respond to him, whether that's responding to reject him or to receive him with open arms. Yeah. And he's giving us that choice. Mm -hmm. And, Unfortunately, people will choose to not be with him. Right. Yeah. I when you were talking about that, I um, was. Yeah. The, so the the one thing that I, I remember about or that I've noticed when I've done evangelism is is like after it's like done for the day, then I always think of like really good. Or what I what I think of are like really good arguments to like the, the people that I was talking to <laughs> earlier that I, I couldn't think of at the time. But yeah, I yeah, what, yeah what, it always happens. To yeah, me. What, yep. what's come to mind though for for me is you know would for for that 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 idea about you know why can't just everybody be saved and yeah. and why would you know God allow some people to reject Him and 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 go to hell and 
but I, I think you hit on it when you're, you know, you're talking about the, that we're created with the capacity to, to choose yeah. him or not. And, and, you know, what, what would it be like if, you know, God just created pre predetermined robot people right. that, that always or, chose him that, or yeah. somebody rejected him, but he's like, no, I'm going to drag you in here with right. me anyway. Yeah. Like, I don't think heaven would be heaven if people didn't want to be there. Right. You know, if someone doesn't want to be there and they are, you know, all their life Nashville or not Nashville. Is that a word? Nashville? <laughs> Nash, okay, gnashing their teeth right. at God and being yeah. really hostile, and then yeah. all of a sudden they're going to get to heaven and be like, oh, I love you, God. <laughs> I mean, right. again, we're. I'm not saying that Christians are perfect. We still sin and we still disobey God, but it's different than being hostile and being like I because it says that in Romans that we're, you know, before people come to faith that they're haters of God. And I, I just don't think people who hate God are going to be in heaven. Actually, that, that's exactly what I think. They, the people who right. hate God are yeah. not going to be in heaven right. because that's... they hate him. They reject him. Yeah. They don't want his saving grace. And you know, that's, that's the reality. Yeah. And I, that's a really good point that, that wouldn't, wouldn't that be just as equally cruel to force somebody to go to heaven that didn't want to be there as it would yeah. to, you know, that for somebody, you know, to, to be in hell that, um, that's a good point. Yeah. 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 I'm glad I made that point. You know, <laughs> I mean, right. thank you for thinking me of that. Yeah. Why, why would, why would a good God force people yeah. to, to accept the fate that, they, yeah, don't that they don't want it. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. So, um, so I actually have some like six or seven objections against universalism because, you know, people are like, well, that's your opinion. Okay. Uh, but this is what I see in, in scripture. So this, this isn't what I'm deriving, but it's what I see in what God's word says, um, even though, and, and hear me out, I, I, like I told you, I do wish to a certain capacity that universalism is true. I, I really do. Um, but again, it doesn't matter what I think. Uh, it's what God thinks about it. And I have to follow and be obedient to the very thoughts of God. And so I have to submit to what God has to say about the matter, not my own thoughts. And so I have a few objections on it. So you ready for this, Joel? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Objection number one, Jesus claimed to be the only way to God. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's John 14, 6. And second objection, if people believe in Christ, they will not perish, or if people believe in Christ, they will not perish, but have everlasting life, John 3.16. Jesus asked God, is there any other way that people's sins could be forgiven? But the only way at the end was the cross. That was God's plan from the beginning. The apostles proclaimed the gospel to the people. Uh, so, uh, what is this? Objection. One, two, 
this is objection four. The apostles proclaim the gospel to people. So if they proclaim the gospel, what's the point if everyone's saved anyways? What's the point of Peter preaching in the synagogue and yeah. 3,000 people get saved? What's the point of Paul preaching to the people on Mars Hill about the gospel and then some got saved? So what's, what's the point in all that? And what's the point if... If they are giving their lives to the gospel and to share it and to proclaim it. I mean, literally all of them died and got martyred except for John in Revelation. They all died. I mean, what, yeah. what, what's the point to go evangelize and do missions if everyone's just going to be saved in the end anyways? Mm-hmm. So, and then... Why was First John all about how a believer can know they are saved? That's the fifth objection. Sixth objection is there are warnings in Ephesians, Galatians, First Corinthians, and other letters, including the Gospels, that you, if you live a sinful, rebellious lifestyle, uh, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then seventh, finally, Paul weeped and prayed for his fellow Jews to turn towards Christ. Why do that? Why weep? Why be so mournful over your fellow Jews, your fellow brothers, um, if they die and they're going to be with Christ anyways? Right. So those are my seven objections. And that was like briefly... I came up with those objections 10 minutes. I mean, if you read scripture, it doesn't take a genius. Again, I'm not a professional or biblical scholar or anything like that, but those are from what I see in scripture. What are your thoughts on that so far? Yeah, I mean, those are those are really good points. Obviously, the, the first one, you know, the... Yeah, Jesus being you know the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through Him, and um, yeah. and yeah, the, it's kind of also you know why why <laughs> there's the the whole I you know the whole um you know the whole story of of the uh, the Bible. I guess you know it's like okay, well. Yeah, what's the why, point? Like people worshipped idols. Yeah, why was why did God have such a problem with yeah. that? Yeah, that <laughs> the whole, I yeah. mean the whole Bible right. was like people turning away from God, and God had a huge problem with that. And even in the first commandments, you shall not yeah. worship idols. Right, and yeah, I will say with with it, um, people who believe in universalism and maybe even professing Christians to say, and who believe in universalism though. I do. Um, this is one of those doctrines I do believe is an essential doctrine of the faith that Jesus is the only way. So it's not a secondary issue. This is a main issue I would say. And, uh, one thing I would say is, Universalism doesn't make God's judgment or hell or eternal separation go away. It's kind of like if people are walking towards a cliff and you see that cliff, 
you suppressing that knowledge and saying, yeah, there's no cliff there. It's not going to make it go away. Right. Like now what's really what people should do when they, especially Christians or professing Christians who believe in this, they should look at the Bible and really think, hmm, you know what? This is a dangerous doctrine or heretical one at that. And I should submit and lead people to the bridge instead of just let them walk off the cliff. Um, because, you know, just suppressing it, it's not going to do any good. Yeah. I mean, at, at the very least, you know, there needs to be, somebody needs to be there, you know, at like putting, you know, yelling at him. Hey, hey, there's a, there's a cliff there. There's a lot of yeah. rocky points yeah. at the bottom. Like right. here's this bridge yeah. in which the analogy is, is we say here's Jesus and Jesus is the bridge to God. And so, you know, it's better to submit to God's word and his authority, even if you don't like it, even if it makes you uncomfortable and giving that over to him and saying, you know what? No, I'm going to stick with what your word says and, you know, follow you in that and lead people away from, away from the cliff and to the bridge of life, mm-hmm. which is Christ. And so now I do want to bring up before we go that there are some passages in scripture where people have taken out of context and, thought that this meant uh, that this, that these verses, I don't have the verses in front of me, but there are some scriptures that could indicate that there is universalism. And I just want to say that straight out of the gate. And I think when we look at the Bible, we need to know how to interpret scripture and we need to do that in a biblical way. So do you know how to interpret scripture, Joel? Like, could you tell me how you interpret scripture? Like if I come up to you, Joel, and I say, Hey, Joel, um, I found these two conflicting views, faith and works. How do I know which one's right? Well, you've, you know, I'm, I'm not a I'm not an expert on scriptural interpretation, but you, I yeah. mean, you, you've got to um, you you can't take things out of context. You you got to mm. you got to know something about you know what what context were they written in? Yeah, and you've also got to look at you know does this agree with the rest of, of scripture um, and kind of look look at the evidence as a whole rather than just one isolating yeah isolated passage right and i would agree with that um did you do you watch the nfl playoffs at all i i've been i know the outcomes i i haven't actually watched any of the games yet i'm I'm, i I am gonna watch super bowl though so this last what was it this last weekend there was a game it was eagles and 49ers and this eagles player it was a, it was a fourth down conversion and um the quarterback threw it to this running back and he caught it with one arm at, at right at the end zone not exactly at the end zone but a few yards away from the end zone and it was like whoa that was such a great catch that was a kid like that was a play of the game and even even a few camera angles it it looked like a catch or at least 
there wasn't any reason for you to think it wasn't a catch. But then there was this one camera angle that it was clear it was not a catch. And so in the same way, when we read the Bible, um, there will be unclear things in Scripture that are like, huh, well, I mean, it could be that. Um, but then when you read a few other passages, like say the faith and works thing that I brought up, people bring up who are works based, bring up James two and say, yeah, we are justified by works. But then you look at all the rest of scripture, you look at the totality uh, of the gospels and the epistles, you'll find really quickly that in that context, that's not what was talking about. That was talking about more sanctification, not we're made right through justification. Mm. And so we interpret scripture, we interpret the unclear with the clear. That's biblical hermeneutics. Now, some could argue that, well, how do we define what's clear then? Because, that, I mean... You could say, because I've heard people that say the James 2 argument with faith and works and we're justified by works, that that is a clear passage. And that's where we have to, again, look at the whole tality of scripture mm-hmm. and weight in on that. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's never, never going to work to just, yeah, kind of cherry pick a verse or two and out of context and go, okay, this is based on this one thing that makes everything else we, we can, over, yeah. If you, if we can find like one instance of something that like will override every other place in scripture where it talks about, you know, things that, that contradict that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you, you have to weigh the, the, in, in the total, not just the yeah. things in isolation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think this has been, I mean, this has been more teaching than conversational, maybe. I don't know. What do you think? Teaching's good. Yeah. I mean, well, John wasn't here. And I know that you and I, um, I don't know, like, you you like, I'm assuming you're the kind of guy that doesn't like to cut the bull crap. You want to cut the bull crap out (laughs) and you want to talk some deep stuff. Am I right? Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I'll, I'll go for bull crap too, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, well, I just thought, you know, to talk about a little bit of my thoughts on universalism and evangelism, because I think the two, to a certain extent, I don't want to say go hand in hand, but they, but the I ideologies could in the sense that if you believe in universalism, you're not going to do evangelism unless your evangelism is to preach universalism. (laughs) That's a bigger story. Yeah. That's a bigger problem. But one thing, Oh, I, this is one thing I thought of is, you know, if you're a professing Christian and you've been a Christian for a while and you do hold to the view of universalism, right? Because I was thinking about this because I know that there probably are um, people who profess Christ, but believe in universalism. I, I was thinking, you know, what would I say to that? So like, what would you say to somebody who professes to be a believer, but they're, totally for universalism and totally for, you know, all religions leading to God. 
Yeah. I'm curious your thoughts because I have thoughts, but I want to hear your thoughts. Well, I I would just say you know you're you're disregarding what Jesus said about himself, mm-hmm. and that that's kind of the first thing that comes to mind is oh. yeah he's that's good he's kind of specific about who he is. And, yeah. yeah, I would also say too that you know you can look at the the doc you know, those kind of doctrines, but I think it really comes down to, um, is the holiness of God and the sinfulness of man. Because if you really understood the holiness of God and holiness is this biblical term and it's basically God is, uh, separated from us or he's completely other than us. Mm -hmm. um, in all sorts of ways, spiritually or in spirit. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know how to phrase it. And morally he's never sinned. And so he is completely unique from us. We are his image bearers, but he's completely unique and he's completely holy. And he's completely just, and we are a sinful rebellion man. So I would say the first place to start is to really re- do research on the holiness of God and the sinful nature of man. Yeah. And one book I would like to recommend to people who listen to this is, uh, RC Sproul. Have you ever heard of RC? I've Sproul? heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's passed away now. I uh, passed away about five years ago or something. But he uh, wrote a book called The Holiness of God. And that book will just change your perspective. If you have this idea that God's just this lovey-dovey, hipster Jesus kind of God who just is just cool with anything that comes into your life, doesn't care what you do or anything uh, this book will radically change your view on who God is and for good too, because we want to have a right um, view of who he is, though we won't entirely have a 100% view of who he is, but we, we can at least know a lot of things by what his word says. And so, <laughs> and he calls us to worship him in spirit and in truth and truth is, very precious to God. So I would just recommend the holiness of God uh, by R.C. Sproul for anyone who um, believes in universalism. So would you got anything else before we leave here today, Joel? No, you know, I, I think we, we had a pretty good, pretty good discussion and yeah, the, uh, I mean, I know we didn't talk much about the, uh, the woman at the, or going into the town part, but that's just kind of what I, I mean, I talked about it in the huddle a little bit. Yeah, so. I mean, that that was a really good launching point, though, to talk about evangelism. and, and Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you don't have to be theologically trained or have all your ducks in a row. Just go do it. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, oh, man, I don't Oh, I was going to say, before I go, is um, I may do evangelism on here in the sense that I may bring my recorder and go out to the town of Moscow, maybe on Monday for a few hours or Mondays, maybe in the fall or summer and witness to people and do kind of like a rate comfort thing, but podcast level and ask them if they want to be on. So I think that'd be kind of fun. We'll see. I'm kind of playing. I'm kind of toying with that thought a little bit. So yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there, there, there should be, I, I would think there'd be people that, 
We should, mm-hmm. in the summer, we should do evangelism on a weekend day. Yeah. Um, a, a few times a month. Because I'm going to be off this summer. Oh, yeah. And then we can, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, it's all about you, Clark. You being off for the summer. <laughs> da, 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 yeah. But anyways, I got three kids. What do you want from me? <laughs> so, all right, man. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, we will be back next week. And we just uh, want your prayers that we continue to do this. And rate us if you have listened this far in this this podcast, if you made it this far, uh, please rate us so that way other people can find it. And we will be back next week, God willing, God bless, and peace be with you.